Welcome to Ew, That's Creepy podcast. The next few episodes, we will be discussing cases that sent us down a rabbit hole. Today, I'm going to tell Jackie about the infamous Damar Caban hiking incident. Often called the second Diet Love Pass incident, this case involves Russian hikers who died under very mysterious and disturbing circumstances. Please be aware that this episode will discuss intense violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, creepy cats. Welcome back to You That's Creepy podcast. Jackie and I have another great episode ready for you today. And I have not been so excited for an episode in a while. Jackie and I are finally going to be talking about some rabbit hole cases. And this one, you guys are lucky enough that this is a part one and part two. So you know it'll be drama. Drama. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> Me and Melissa have been watching a lot of, uh, which is Trixie Mattel and Katya's little YouTube show, and they just really crack us up. <laughs> then this episode the other day, they were saying Mama so exaggerated. <laughs> like, Mama. <laughs> they really crack me up. Love them so much. I, so in this episode, in part one, I'm going to tell Jackie about the incident that took place itself, and then in part two, we'll talk about all the theories, because there were, there are quite a lot of theories. So, let's jump right in. I will be telling Jackie about the Kamar Daban incident. This is basically said to be the second Dilatov Pass incident. I oh, know, no! I know Jackie loves that case. When Jackie and I first started, when we first decided we were going to start this podcast, I swear to God, the Dilatov Pass was one of those cases that, like, started us getting into mysteries. But it was also, I feel like, at the time, for some reason, blowing up. Everybody was talking about it, even though that story is super, not super old, but, you know, pretty old. I actually, when I was researching this case, read an article. It was an updated Dilatov Pass article from like 2021. And they basically said it's pretty much confirmed that it was an avalanche. Oh, really? Yeah, they said that it it wasn't a full-fledged avalanche. It was like very winter science kind of thing. So I'm not going to do the best job explaining it, but they basically said that it was a small size avalanche that they weren't prepared for and all this stuff, but they somehow did a recreation and that's what they believed. But this one, if the events, if what happened is exactly what happened, there is no avalanche. There's no this or that. Like this one to me is even weirder because... That one, I felt like there was more nature that could have happened. This one, if there's anything natural about it, it just seems like, I don't know. Let's just get into it. So just like the Dilatov Pass incident, this also takes place in Russia. Okay, you know, I just have to say this first. 
my only thing with the Dilatov Pass is just, like, if the government, Russia's government or whoever's government was involved somehow, they would probably pay people to make it look like it was something else. Like, that's the only hesitation where I'm like, okay, an avalanche... But why was that not obvious when it happened then? If it was nature, why was it not obvious? And, like, you know, I don't even know if the government was involved, but that's just the only thing I feel like, I don't know. They said that (laughs) they made a good point, which I didn't think about. They said that, you know, how some people were clothed and some people weren't. They said that they were hit with the avalanche in the night, and that's what they woke up to. So the ones that were away from the camp area were in better shape, and they were trying to pull the other people out of the tent that had snow on top of it. So that's why some people were missing clothing. That's why some people were found and some weren't. And I believe the article said that they realized the avalanche was still happening. So some of them that were in better shape tried to run. Others were trying to pull out people that were injured and that kind of stuff. So it did make more sense. I'll link the article below and you guys can read and let us know your thoughts. So this case today, this took place in 1993. Again, we are in mysterious Mother Russia. I was going to say, okay, that's just a coincidence, but... (laughs) I know. (laughs) This event is named the Kamar Daban Incident after the Kamar Daban mountain range where this group was hiking. And again, this is another group of hikers who met their demise under extremely mysterious circumstances. This area, Kamar Daban, the mountain range around it, it's one of those areas where it could be intense depending on where you're going in what time. The temperatures in the winter were around zero or even colder. There are many high mountain peaks and ridges, that kind of thing. It's stunning, as you can imagine. There is a lake around it. So in the winter, definitely treacherous. But this event takes place in the summer. So this is why I said we can pretty quickly take out some nature aspects of it, like avalanches and things like that, because this case took place in late summer of 1993. So in the summer, Kamar Daban, there was a lot of hiking ranges, and a lot of the trails were just out in the open, out in wide meadows and things like that. So these were in the summer, you could find a beginner trail and just take a nice stroll. It wasn't like in the summer you're going straight up a mountainside. No, there it was very beautiful, very idyllic. So not just for professional hikers. No. And they said in the summer it was known for a tourist area. Like a lot of visitors who were coming in, if you wanted to do some hiking, this was the spot. That makes sense. So like I said, 1993, it is August In nearly all hiking groups, there is a lead hiker who is the most experienced of the group. And in this case, that woman was named Ludmila Korovina. She was 41 years old at the time in 1993. And Ludmila was both an expert hiker and she was a survivalist. So she was exactly who you would want to be taking you into an area for your first hike. 
Ludmila also knew the area well. She had been to Kamar Daban. She had hiked there before. She also had known the group that she took hiking in this case. Many of her students had learned with her before, and it was said that Ludmila was tough and she would push her students to kind of their limits, but everyone said that this made them confident and comfortable hikers when they were out on their own. So everyone really loved her as a teacher and as a person. Ludmila was going to take a group of students through Kamar Daban mountain ranges. It was going to be a really great experience for education. Um, like I said, it's summer. They're not going anywhere super strenuous. So it was supposed to be a great hike for this group. And halfway into the hike, Ludmila was actually going to meet up with another hiking group that her daughter was the lead hiker in. Oh, I was going to say, had she done this before? Like that specific hike? Yep. Okay. She had, she was like I said, an expert, and she was a survivalist. So she was the kind of person where even if she was stuck out somewhere for a day or two, people weren't going to worry. And I mean, yeah, her daughter is an expert hiker as well, who was the lead for other groups. So clearly, Lumila had students that were successful. So her students in this group were Alexander Kryson, who went by Sasha, or I don't know if it's, if it would be like Satcha, but I'll say Satcha because S-A-C-H-A. He was 23. Tatiana Filipenko, 24. Dennis Shvachkin, 19. Valentina Utachenko. She sometimes went by Valia. She was 17. Victoria Zelsova, 16. And Tamur Bapanov, 15. Speaking of Trixie and Katya, Katya, are you out there? Do you like my Russian pronunciation <laughs> of those? 15's, I don't know, pretty young, but... Yeah, but... Hey, guys, I mean, it's a hike. Like, what do you think is going to happen, really? Yeah, so the oldest is Tatiana, who's 24. The youngest is Tamur, he's 15. And then, so there's 15, 16, 17, 19, 23, and 24. So... And it was basically half girls, half guys, half youngsters, half olders of the group. You know, it was a really just a great group of people. And like I said, Ludmila had known them. She had taught them before. And Sacha in particular, she was very close to him. They said that she had known him since he was a child and he was actually like a son to her. So Ludmila and... uh. Alexander, Sacha, they had the closest relationship of the group. The seven hikers arrived in a local village named Marino on August 2nd of 1993. The weather was looking gorgeous. The It was said to be sunny skies and warm temperatures the whole week. And like I said, it was planned that on August 5th, the group would meet up with Ludmila's daughter and her hiking group. So again, it's pretty clear that it's not empty and there's no one up in the mountain. If they're meeting up with another group, there was obviously a couple different hiking groups. It's a very large region and 
So there was a lot of tourist activity, a lot of hiking groups, things like that. Kayakers who were kayaking the lakes. It's not Dilatov Pass setting where you're in Siberia in like negative 25. Yeah, and like going through snow the whole time. Yeah. The hike started on August 2nd. Everything was going great. Everything was smooth enough. The team made their ascent up the hill, and apparently they were making really good time. I think they were actually moving quicker than they had uh, believed that they would be. When the group began their descent down the mountain on August 4th, the weather went downhill. (laughs) No pun. (laughs) But it did. Rainstorms started pouring down on the group, and that was not something that they had planned for because it was supposed to be sunny skies. And I also don't think that they had trained in rain or they had trained for rain on this trip because it was said that when they started to hike down the mountain, it was raining so hard that they became really exhausted with the weight of their clothes and their bags that were being weighed down because they were soaking wet. That sucks. Yeah, so what started off this great trip kind of ran into some problems. Ludmila noticed that their group was getting extremely tired, so she decided to stop where they were and make camp for the night. I'm not exactly sure... Like, I wish I had more information on this because Ludmila didn't take them under trees. She stayed in an open area, which I was like, well, if it was raining, why did they stay out in the open? Well, don't they have tents? Yeah, but still, just like you're still everything under the tent is going to be wet. The ground's going to be soaking wet. Most people, most hikers, when it's raining, even if you have a tent, they put their tent under trees. Yeah. Um, They didn't, but... It seemed to be okay because it was said that that night the team, they couldn't make a fire again due to consistent rain, but it was said that everyone was still feeling in great spirits. Everyone was positive and excited. It sounds like it sucks to us, but it didn't seem that the group was depressed or like all upset the trip was ruined or anything. They were still just really excited to be out there. Well, that's good. I know. I'd be the one just reeking negative oh, energy. Same. I'd <laughs> zip my tent. I would just be in there by myself, staring out, doing nothing. Yeah, I would too. I really don't like the rain. If there's one thing you guys need to know about Jackie, she absolutely <laughs> cannot stand when part of her plan gets changed. Like, she could have nothing to do all day, and she's planning to go to McDonald's, and if the road is closed, her day's ruined. <laughs> I'm disgusted. I absolutely hate when things don't go my way, which is, like, <laughs> so bad to say. It's, like, grow up, I know, but that's just me. So I would be miserable in this situation. I'm picturing this group out in the rain making the best of it, and then there's just one in their tent zipped up, back turned towards the group. Me. <laughs> So that was Jackie in this group. (laughs) The next morning on August 5th, the group was able to start a fire pretty early in the morning. So it seemed like the day was already going to be a much better day than the one prior. The group of seven, they made their breakfast over the fire, had some water, just typical morning things. And this day was also supposed to be when Ludmila's hiking group would meet up with Natalia's 
who was her daughter, and then they would hike together. Halfway through the day, Natalia's group arrived at their proposed meeting spot, and they waited for a bit for Ludmila's group. They waited, and they waited. No, they never showed up. And they waited. Oh. But no one from Ludmila's hiking team ever showed up. Natalia was not worried about her mother. She knew that her mother was an expert hiker, a trained survivalist. So she just assumed that because it was storming the night before that maybe the inexperienced hikers got tired. Maybe she was a whole day behind. Maybe they went on a different route because of the rain. Natalia just assumed that there was a reason and that she would hear or see her mother within the next few days. But sadly, no one saw, excuse me, no one saw Ludmila and none of the other hikers turned up. What the hell? Days started to pass. One, then two days, and then five days passed with no sign of anyone in Ludmila's hiking group. On August 10th, so this was five days after Ludmila's group was supposed to beat Natalia's, a group of kayakers were cruising down the river that runs through the Kamar Daban Mountains when one of the kayakers noticed something. Standing on land at the edge of the river was a girl who was younger, and she was just staring out at them. Some of the research, basically all of the research says that when the kayakers pulled, like, were rowing over to her as they got closer, they noticed that she was covered in blood. Ew. When they approached the girl, they asked what happened, and she became extremely distraught and was so hysterically upset that she couldn't even tell them what had happened. She just said that she was 17-year-old Valentina Utachenko, and that something horrible had happened to her hiking team. Oh, I just got the chills. Here, who am I? Here is a reconstruction of what happened on the night of August 5th. Mr. Ballin. You watch his videos and his podcast now, he'll always do that. He'll tell the entire story and then like right when you're just like, okay, but who did it? He'll be like, And here is a reconstruction. And he'll take it back the entire night. I stand Mr. Ballin. I love him so much. Y'all knew that. (laughs) I think he might have actually done this case, but... Knowing knowing him, he was the first. Go off, King. (laughs) King Ballin. (laughs) (laughs) True. So, Valentina was too horrified to tell the kayakers exactly what happened. She did tell the police... It, I'm I'm not confirmed when she told the police. Some of the research literally says months later. And some of the research says just days later. So I'm not sure when, but it is a fact that Valentina could barely even speak about what happened. And she's only told this story once to police. That's so scary. So Valentina claimed that on the morning of August 5th, The hiking group had awoken. Like I said, they made their breakfast. They seemed to be in better spirits because they got a fire started. Almost immediately after they have their fire and they have their breakfast, they pack up. And 
it said literally like immediately as they begin the hike, the last person in the row let out a loud scream. Everyone turns around and they see that Sacha, so the 23-year-old who was like Ludmila's son, was screaming and bleeding from his eyes and from his ears. The group were all just looking at him in shock. And he started foaming at the mouth and fell as his body began convulsing uncontrollably. That is so weird. And it's, like, weird that he screamed at first. Like, was he in pain, I guess? It only gets worse. So if if you guys, like, if your stomach's turning, just, I would say, pause now. But, um, he, it was only a few minutes that... Like, it said, it seemed almost instantaneous. They said that he started convulsing, and then he went totally still. And they could tell that he was already dead. What it, the hell? And like I said, this was just within five minutes of them starting their walk. From after having breakfast and having this great morning, they had just started their hike. And this happened. The group was shocked. They didn't know what to do. Obviously, no one said he's dead because they were all just so shocked. Ludmila ran towards him and she started to care for Sacha. She knelt down to him and was trying to help him regain consciousness. And Ludmila told the rest of the group to continue on with the trip and that she would stay. I think that she was just obviously in shock and not realizing what happened. So I think that she just told the group to continue so she could like get her bearings together by herself for a minute because she just didn't know what to do. The group listened. They turned back around. They started to keep hiking when suddenly they heard Ludmila let out a piercing scream behind them. They turned around and they saw her still hovering over Sacha But she was now bleeding from her eyes and from her ears as well. Just like Sacha, Ludmila began foaming at the mouth and she began convulsing before she fell on top of Sacha's body. And Ludmila was also dead. What the hell? I mean, was there poison inside? I'm already trying to think of things, but I was just (laughs) shut up! (laughs) Yeah, we have five other people who are still here. Great. It's just, and two, just, like, thinking of that happening to someone, the closest person to Ludmila, and then for that same thing to happen right after, just, like, the trauma, I literally have a pit in my stomach just trying to tell the story, thinking about it. Yeah, same, imagining what they saw, and the fact that that's also the group leader. I know, and, like I said, it just is so horrible and gets worse. Before the group could even discuss what was happening, some of them instinctively just ran over to Ludmila and Sancha, obviously trying to help and just, you know, it's instinct. You run over to someone in, in trouble. Tatiana reached Ludmila first and she collapsed just a few seconds after she had gotten to the two. And trigger warning, this is really intense. Tatiana started convulsing like the two before her had, and she started to grasp at her throat as if she couldn't breathe. And 
Valentina watched in horror as Tatiana crawled over to a rock and began bashing her head against the side of it until she was also unconscious. Oh my god. So she was clawing at her throat like she couldn't breathe, and then she crawled over to a rock and hit her head. Like, I have nothing to say. The remaining members consisted of Valentina, Dennis, Victoria, and Timur. Valentina has said that this the entire time this went on, she was the only one who basically stood there and do nothing because she said she was just frozen. Like, she could not move. She couldn't even process what was going on. Dennis had ran and he hid behind a large rock because it was like boulders out in the out in this open range. So he crouched down and hid behind this giant rock. Victoria and Timmer had began running, but both had collapsed shortly after they were running in different directions. The two of them started clawing at their throats and Valentina watched as they started to try and like rip their clothes off in a panic. And they also started throwing up blood. The two collapsed and just like the others, they convulsed until they went limp as well. Dennis and Valentina ran to each other at this point because they were the only two left in the group. Dennis and Valentina, I I don't know if they made a plan. I don't know if they just saw each other and they were the last two left and they both just ran, but they basically saw each other and both took off running together. But sadly, Dennis collapsed and Valentina had no choice but to just keep going. Like she knew after seeing that happen that her staying with Dennis couldn't do anything. So she just kept running and she just ran straight into the forest. That's horrific. I, I could not even imagine. And as much as we want answers, like I don't blame Valentina at all. I don't even know how you could live after witnessing that. Like you just watched that happen to your friends. And there really was no help you could have given them. Like, survivor's guilt, number one. Number two, the feeling of helplessness as you literally watched six people die and couldn't do anything. Like, it's just, it's just really, really upsetting. Yeah, it is. Valentina had no supplies on her when she ran from the group. I think she only had what was on her back, which was her tent. So, after running as far away from them as she could, basically... Valentina found an area covered by trees and she pitched her tent for the night. The next morning, Valentina kind of like snapped out of what happened and thought, well, no matter what happened, now I'm here and I'm in the woods and I don't have any supplies. I don't have food. I don't have water. Um, She knew she wasn't going to survive just if she stayed in that spot. So... Valentina, she also was not very familiar of the area. It's 1993, so all they would really have would be a map. And like I said, she had nothing on her. So Valentina had to make the heartbreaking decision to trace her steps back and go back to the hiking group and take the supplies that she needed in order to survive. Which, like, I couldn't even imagine going back 
Like, I think my legs would literally stop working. I'd have such anxiety. Yeah, I would just feel sick the whole time. I would be throwing up and, like, peeing and then pooping every other step. <laughs> literally. Valentina retraced her steps back through the forest and to the clearing where the group had been during the incident. They were sadly all in the same spots that they had been, so Valentina knew that when each of them had fallen, they had passed away in that spot. I guess that's kind of a good thing. Like, she knew that none of them were trying to, like, crawl away for help or anything. It looked exactly the same as it did the previous day. Valentina did her best to just not look at her friends, and she grabbed what she needed as quickly as she could and and ran. Over the next few days, Valentina's plan was to follow a power line above her head down the mountain and hopefully find civilization or find a tourist area. So for four days, she followed the power line, pitched her tent whenever it got dark, and continued her journey. She ended up at the bottom, at the base of the river, so she didn't find, like, civilization, but she did find this river and she knew that if she was by water, eventually someone would also be there. And so she kind of just walked around the river for a bit. And luckily that day was when the kayakers had been kayaking through the river and they thankfully stopped to help her. So the kayakers had taken Valentina straight to the police. She... Like I said, some articles said that she couldn't tell them what happened for weeks or even months. So it's not like she went into the police station and just told them everything that happened. They really had no idea. On August 24th, so Valentina was found on August 10th, and police didn't start searching until the 24th. I'm not sure if it was because they were continuously trying to get the story from Valentina. I'm not sure if there was confusion or if they just thought the group was lost. It's kind of weird that they waited 14 days after she was found to go look. Yeah, I was thinking that. And a lot of the articles pointed that out also, that they just don't know why it took a couple days. But either way... Helicopters and rescuers were sent to the area on August 24th, and they searched for two days before they found the group by an aerial search. Just because the area was so large, it was really hard to find um, hikers in such a large area. But they were found by helicopter. All six of the victims were given autopsies to figure out what exactly happened. And the conclusion was not what Valentina had expected, nor what really anyone had expected. So are you ready for the autopsy results? Yep. So five were the same. One was different. Ludmila was the only one who died from a heart attack. Which is so horrible to think that, like, the trauma she saw with Sacha, I believe caused a heart attack like she was so traumatized i just don't know why she had the same symptoms as him though i know the other five all died from hypothermia what in august their autopsies also showed that they 
all had bruised lungs, as well as being malnourished and having some protein deficiencies. Okay. I mean, how? But I Val- guess that'll be episode two. Valentina was, I mean, no one can confirm because, like, after she was found, obviously Valentina kept a pretty low profile, especially because she couldn't even tell police what had happened. She was so shooken up. But she had to have been shocked at that conclusion. And everyone was pretty shocked because it just, again, it's August. I know we're in mountains and in mountain and lake areas, it can get really cold and it can get really windy, even if it is in the summer. But just hypothermia and bruised lungs and malnourished and protein And that doesn't happen instantly, like they what had, she saw. They had been hiking for two whole days. Yeah, like three whole days. That was the start of the next. Like, that makes no sense. None. And girl, there are a lot of theories too. This is one of those where um, it's not just like one theory that people are concrete on. There are a lot of different ones. There's one that I think a lot of people are believing that this is the most likely theory, but even that one is so hard to confirm. So that will be next episode. I wanted to just divide these up. I know. I wanted to divide these up into two just in case some people know this case. <laughs> need a break. <laughs> well, literally one, because I need to decompress because yeah. that was so freaking intense. That done messed me up. I know. I'm messed up now. And I also wanted to divide it up because if people know this case, but they don't know the theories, I wanted to just have one episode be the theories in case you're familiar with this and you just want to know, because there were That's a lot, true. there were a couple different theories. So that will be next episode. Okay, um, my theory, like, I swear, <laughs> I think it's, like, somehow aliens or some shit. I don't know. I really don't. You know, I will give a spoiler that aliens and paranormal were not a lot of theories that I could find. I don't even mm. know if I listed that because people throw it out there, but there's not actual evidence or anything like that. That makes sense, I guess. <laughs> but the story doesn't make sense. <laughs> I know. It doesn't make sense. So, honestly, who's to say that it wasn't some sort of alien experiment or something alien? I don't think with something this strange, anyone is going to say concrete yes or no what it could have been. But um, that will be next episode. So, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy. Well, I can't say enjoyed. Yeah. I hope you guys found this episode interesting. In the meantime, before next episode, let me know what you guys think about this whole case. What are your theories? Have you heard this before? Have you heard of anything similar? Are you with Jackie? Is it aliens? Let us know. Yeah, let us know on Instagram at That's Creepy Podcast. DM us or comment on our last post what your thoughts are. We'd love to hear what you guys are thinking. Yeah, definitely. If you guys want to hear any cases, send us a message, send us an email. We are at you. That's creepy podcast at Gmail with one W and with two, just in case we have both (laughs) domains. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of you. That's creepy podcast. And we will get into the theories next episode. Don't look them up on your own. Be patient.
Yeah. <laughs> or mama will know and she'll yell. Yep. <laughs> and she'll put you in timeout. We'll tell the aliens on you. Oh my God. Don't even. <laughs> Stay creepy, Hellcats. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.